my friends welcome back to hold up let me explain it's me your girl nicole here with a brand new episode and on today's episode i'm going to be talking about therapy and how i've had six different therapists who i eventually all fired (laughs) now listen this is definitely being taken out of context can you fire a therapist some people say yes some people say no I've had my reasons why I stopped seeing certain therapists, so it's not to say that I've literally fired them. I didn't have a session and say, you're fired. Those words never came out of my mouth. However, um, I've definitely been on a journey when it comes to finding the right therapist and just going in therapy in general. So I'm going to talk about my experience with therapy and the things that I talk about and why I stopped seeing certain therapists. And I think it's important to talk about this because I think a lot of people who entertain the idea of going to therapy or give it a shot and end up being linked to a therapist that they don't really connect with tend to sort of give up on the whole thing. And it shouldn't have to be that way. You know, finding a therapist is should have the same approach as finding a good gynecologist, finding a good doctor, finding a good gym to work out at, or a good diet plan if you're trying to eat a certain way. You know, it shouldn't have to be limited. And I'm proud of myself for taking the time to realize, hey, this is not for me and still trying to find the help that I need. Um, I am not seeing a therapist currently, but I am looking for one. So if you hear this episode and say, hey, Nicole, I actually know a really good therapist that I recommend you to, feel free to slide into my DMs. I'm totally okay with that. I do want to give a fair trigger warning. I am not going to go too deep into the things that I talk about in therapy, uh, but there are questions and things that triggered me and the reason and are the reasons why I stopped seeing certain therapists. So um, I just want to give that disclaimer to any sensitive ears out there that might be easily triggered by certain things. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind just in case you hear something that makes you cringe a little bit. So... Uh, But without further ado, I'm going to jump into the episode. I started going to therapy when I was about six years old. That's the age that it was first introduced to me. I was six. No, I wasn't six. I was like four, I think. And my parents were going through a divorce. And I guess I was very delusional about it. I didn't understand what was going on. I mean, I was a child, right? Um, But I didn't, it didn't register in my head. My parents were separated. They were going through a divorce. And even though they sat me down and was like, listen, you know, mommy and daddy aren't together, but we love you very much. They gave me the talk. I still was like, questioning my mom at night like where's dad you know and she'd be like no daddy is in his own place now in his own apartment you know but don't worry he's gonna pick you up on Friday and you're gonna spend the weekend with him and although these things were explained to me I would still look at my mom like no he needs to be here he lives here where is he and there would be nights where I would cry being scared because I didn't understand why my dad wasn't home and where could he possibly possibly be. 
Now, my mom at the time worked at Metropolitan Hospital, which is a hospital in New York. That's where I'm from. And I guess with health insurance and just, you know, working at the hospital has its benefits. And my mom just thought the best way to help me cope with this new transition, if you will, was to put me into therapy. And I'm very happy that she did that, especially for me at such a young age, because it's just taught me that finding help was okay. And I will always be grateful for that, regardless on the age I was. And all I could really remember from then is being in a room with this woman, she was a woman, and playing games. We played Candyland, we played Checkers, we played Connect Four, uh, Uno, like just like regular board games, and we would just talk for about 45 minutes. And we did this maybe like twice a week for a few months. And, you know, I was a kid, but I remember going to those sessions and feeling very comfortable and talking to her. Do I remember exactly what we spoke about? No, I was four years old. But I just remember seeing a therapist and I knew that's what I was doing when I was a kid. So ever since I was little, I always knew that this was an okay thing. Super grateful for it. Did it help? It did because eventually I understood that my parents weren't together anymore and it was just a matter of adjusting and getting used to it and just growing up with that. Um, But that's pretty much the beginning of therapy for me. Fast forward when I was about 18 years old. um, Now, this is the thing. Everybody goes through their stuff when they're growing up. You know, middle school is really hard for some people. High school is really tough for some people. Um... You know, it's not to devalue my, my, you know, my history, but I've been through a lot of things as many other people have. And, you know, those years of fucked up situations, if you will, occur, uh, you, you have a lot of trauma. And so I think at 18 years old, it started to really catch up to me a little bit and I wanted to seek therapy. And I remember talking to my mom about it. And at the time, I didn't have health insurance, but my mom worked for Disney. And she found out that they had like this program. I don't know the name of it, uh, but they provide uh, almost like counseling in like this building that's like right behind the Disney grounds that you can have sessions for. And uh, Disney cast members can offer these sessions to family. And so I was offered three free sessions with a counselor, but this was through Disney. They were all licensed counselors, uh, but that would be the therapist that I would see. So I remember going into this building. It was like so complicated to get there. Finally got there, sat down. It was like this stuffy little room and it was this older woman. And I don't know, there was something about her demeanor. You could tell she had a long day. Um, When she saw me, she was just like, Hi, yes, uh, Nicole. Okay, great. Have a seat. Um, okay, yes. Yeah, so your mom works for Disney. Okay, so you're doing the three sessions. Great. Okay. Um, all right, let's get started. Um, so what's going on? You know, it was just very like, not like, okay, tell me about yourself. How old are you? Like, listen, I'm not a therapist. I don't know how the process really goes. This would be the first time I had gone for like 14 years because last time I did, I was four next time I was 18. So I'm sitting down and I'm just like, yeah. So at the time, I can't remember exactly what I spoke about, but I remember just like venting. And I kid you not, she did not seem engaged into what I was saying. 
And before anyone says, oh, well, maybe your problems weren't real problems, or maybe you were boring her, or maybe you were being dramatic, I don't fucking know what she was thinking, but all I know was that she was not completely engaged into what I'm saying, into what I was saying, and I kid you not, in the moment of me speaking, she looked at her nails, did a deep breath, like a and readjusted and continued to just like look at me. She didn't do like a soft blink or like an eye roll, but there was just something about that body language that completely threw me off. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's it. Um, how much time do we have left? Oh, uh, like 10 minutes. Okay, we're done. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I literally like gathered my things and I just left. I just left and I remember getting in the car and crying because in my head I'm like I'm just trying to get help and the way this woman pretty much just made me feel and like imagine I'm going to therapy I'm very sensitive I'm going through some things a lot of my trauma is catching up to me I don't know how to process these feelings what I've normalized for so many years I'm now realizing as I'm you know, sort of entering adulthood at 18 years old that, wow, that was not normal. That was not okay. I am now a little old enough to realize that and that shit gets heavy. So imagine now going into this therapy session, you know, and like, I, again, I didn't have health insurance. This was all through Disney. You know, you just think, wow, like I get to go to therapy and I'm not really paying for it. And clearly that also says a lot on the how do you say it? Like the difference on, you know, therapy sessions or just medical attention on what would be free versus what you would pay for all that kind of dynamic. But yeah, I remember that experience really fucked me up for a second and I kind of gave up on it for a little while. I was like, yeah, I'm not going back to therapy. Well, it wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't go back to therapy. I just knew that I wasn't going to go back to her or to that, like the Disney area. And that's kind of sad to say, cause like, I love Disney. I love working for the company. I never went back as far as seeking counseling through their program anymore or like ever again. Uh, but yeah, it was a shitty experience. Fast forward, like I want to say two years later, I was about 20 years old and I was officially going to, I was officially going to college. And at the time I was dating this guy. And he was really emotionally unstable. He had like issues with his parents and he always would like vent to me telling me he was the black sheep of his family and he didn't have anybody to turn to. So that led to him codepending on me a whole lot. And I do not mind being there for my partner. I love when my friends lean on me. I love being there for other people. But when you're 20 years old, trying to figure your own life out and you have this emotionally unstable, blood-sucking, draining human being of a boy, draining the life out of you, once again, it gets very toxic very quick. And so I wanted to give therapy a shot again. Now, the thing about this time around was that I was on, I was on birth control. I was on the depot shot, and it was the first time I was on birth control. And it sucks because I knew that I wanted to be on the depot shot because it's a shot that you take uh, once every three months, it's a birth control that lasts for about that long. And although the side effects could be really shitty, it was the only birth control I was comfortable with taking because I couldn't imagine being on the pill. 
I could barely remember to take my vitamins every day. Imagine being on the pill. I would have gotten pregnant the fucking third week of me being on it. So the depot shot seemed to be the most convenient. So that was the one I chose. However, the side effects caught up to me. I had all of the worst symptoms. I lost a lot of weight because I had fell into a depression and it was really bad. And at the time, I wasn't sure if the depression was being triggered by the situation that I was going through with my boyfriend or with the birth control that I was on. Needless to say, it could have been all of those factors, but the depression was really bad. When I'm depressed, I don't eat. So I lost a lot of weight, like a scary amount of weight I lost. And I just failed miserably in my in my class. I remember it was like my third semester at Valencia College and the depression was so bad that like I'd be in bed and I knew that I had class at three o'clock and it'd be two fifteen, like the time that it like I needed to leave the house. Like I had to leave the house in order to make it to campus, find parking, walk to this class, find a good seat, get my shit out before the professor starts. Like two fifteen was like that was the time I had to leave the house. And there was just something so paralyzing for me to be on the bed and not wanting to get up. I couldn't do it. And it was like that for a while. I would call out of work. I wouldn't go to school. When I would finally find the energy to get out of bed, I would not put myself together. I looked like a fucking ghost. It was bad. And I remember being in class and we had like a 15 minute break and I remember I took my stuff, went to the bathroom and was crying. I couldn't stop crying and it got so bad that I ended up leaving. I didn't go back to the class even after the break. I just went straight to the car. I called my friend and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just nothing feels right. I don't feel like me. Well, I don't even think I use those words. It was just, I knew that I didn't feel like myself, but I was blaming myself for feeling the way I was feeling. You know, I didn't realize that I was really in a depression. I just felt like nothing was going my way or like nothing was going right. I was just sad all the time. Sometimes I couldn't explain it. I kept blaming it on my relationship. I kept blaming it on other things. There was just so many factors to it. And my friend at the time knew that I wanted to go to therapy, but it was just a matter of finding a therapist. Um, And at the time, again, I did not have health insurance. And my girlfriend was like, listen, look at your Valencia student ID. Behind it is Baycare, which is a company that offers like sessions for students. They offer three free sessions. They cover that. And then with the therapist, you could then decide if you want to continue services with them. And then you could do like payment plans or if you have health insurance, you could do it through that. And so I was like, okay, bet like this is my option. I'm going for it. So um, I remember making an appointment and I never showed up. I didn't go because it was one of those things where I once again couldn't get out of bed. I honestly don't know. I think what ended up happening was... Once the birth control like ran out, I decided not to get back on it. And it took my body like about six months to kind of get back. I ended up withdrawing from school. I dropped all my classes. I didn't go back for another semester until like almost a year later. And I eventually broke up with the guy. And I felt better. 
I wasn't on birth control. I decided to take a break from school. I wasn't dating that guy anymore. And so, you know, I felt like, you know what? My depression was situational, you know, or yeah, situational. It was like, it was school. It was my boyfriend. It was like the shitty job I was working at, you know, like those were the issues, right? So I decided not to go along with it. Um, I started dating this guy and I started to feel the feelings I felt from the previous relationship. And it was then that I realized, okay, what if I'm the problem? Because when I was feeling those feelings, I was like, no, it's him. No, it's the birth control. No, it's school. Like, I didn't want to go to therapy right then. Even though I knew that I wanted to, I wasn't ready to because I was like, you know what? Let me try to fix it. Let me try to handle it. Maybe it's all these factors, right? But then when I started dating like this new guy, the feelings I felt dating the last guy started to come again. And I was like, wait a second. Maybe it's me. <laughs> Maybe it is. Um, the right answer is no, it wasn't fucking me. It was the fucking guy. He's a loser. I hate him. <laughs> but, um, but I was going through these issues and I was like, fuck, I think I really do need to go to therapy. And so I finally made a, I made an appointment and I went to it. So the first, so I would say then the second therapist I talked to, she was from Chicago. She was a sister of like five. She was kind of young. At the time I was 20, she was about like, if I could assume her age, she had to be like 28, 29. Like she was older than me, but she definitely looked very young. And she was, she was, she was great. She, I remember like sitting down on the couch and she was just like, you know, asking me a lot about me, like where I'm from and, you know, what do I like to do? Where do I go to school? What do I do for a living? Things like that. So it seemed very genuine in the beginning. She really wanted to get to know me. She really wanted to understand me and my personality, I guess, before, you know, hearing what I had to say. And, you know, I vented to her a lot about the relationship I was in. Um, the only thing that I didn't necessarily like too much about her approach with our sessions was like, at the time of our therapy session, it was brought up that I have anxiety. She's like, it sounds like you have anxiety. Now, this was back in like when I was 20. So this is eight years ago. So this is before bitches out here was like, I have anxiety. Like, I didn't know what the fuck anxiety was. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just didn't know what it was. So being in this therapy session and she's like, listen, it sounds like you have anxiety. I was like, what does this mean? I don't know what this means. So she would give, um, have me do like exercises. So one of the exercises, which is something I still do to this day is like the five, four, three, two, one rule or like the five, four, three, two, one exercise. And it's pretty much you like whenever you're feeling really anxious and you're feeling very nervous, you take a moment, you breathe and you say five things you see, four things you hear, three things you touch or you feel, two things you smell, I think, and then one thing you're grateful for. It's supposed to like narrow down all your senses and then for the last number, you just say one thing you're grateful for and that's supposed to help center you. So there were a few things that she had given me that I did take away that I really appreciated. Um, I don't know if anybody heard my you know, things that I learned in therapy about relationships. 
she was the one who taught me the the perfect partner test, which is when you fill out this worksheet and you fill out what a perfect partner would do and then you fill out the same worksheet, but you but instead of a perfect partner, you would put what your partner that you currently have would do and then you compare both worksheets. Listen, I'm not going to re- I'm not going <laughs> to repeat myself. Listen to the episode, it's great. Um, but you know, so there was a few things that I did take away from it. The only negative thing I'd have to say is that I noticed a lot of the exercises that she would give me would be things that she printed out from Pinterest because she would give me these papers, but they were printouts from Pinterest. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, okay, like, does this mean I just should Google my, my issues and just cure them myself, you know, like, like, I don't know, like, if you're a therapist, and you're my therapist, like, wouldn't the exercises be more modified for me, or more like designed for me, instead of it just being like this thing to Google and be like, hey, I Google this, use it, you know, I don't know, like, I thought that was kind of weird. Now, the only reason why I ended up stopped seeing her is that because she had a boyfriend that ended up getting a job back where she was from. And so she was moving with him and she was moving back to Chicago. She offered to continue doing sessions with me virtually, but that was totally up to me. Um, and I just decided no, um, because I don't, I don't really like doing things virtual. I mean, I'm in school virtually. This was eight years ago. For me, it's like, I like the idea of like going to a room, going into a space that's outside of my everyday life and just being able to go into a room, let it out and exit. I feel like I couldn't do that in my bedroom through my laptop. Not that kind. No, just didn't want to do that. So I stopped seeing her, but luckily in the same office, there was another woman who was actually more experienced. She had her master's. She was a professor and she was somebody that like they were transferring me over to her. So after the first one had left and now seeing this new person, I was kind of excited because I'm thinking, oh, you know, this woman is much more experienced. Like maybe she could give me more of like a designed method of healing my trauma or the things that I struggle with in my relationships, like whatever, right? Okay, guys, here comes the trigger warning. So for my first session, I remember going into her room. Her room was the biggest. I mean, the bitch had like a whole view of the woods. Like she had a big ass couch. I wanted to lay down. I was like, maybe too soon. Not going to do that. But I remember sitting down and she pulls out my file and she's like, oh, okay. Wow. How old are you? And I'm like, okay, bitch. Why does that matter? Um, But I was like, oh, I think at the time I was um, 22. Now I'm 22 now in, in this part of the story or of the journey, if you will. I was like, oh, I'm 22. And she goes, wow, I would have thought you were in high school. This fucking hoe. You think I'm in fucking high school? You think my, pro- what the fuck are you saying? So in my head, it like really threw me off because I'm like, I, and listen, if you were in high school and you went through a lot of problems, I'm really sorry. But in that very brief moment, for her to assume my age based on the things that I chose to talk about was very insulting. It's almost like, what, you think my fucking issues are adolescent? You know, like, I mean, granted, 
the issues I dealt with at 22, my priorities were not straight. I was more stressed about the guys I dated than anything else. And let me tell you, I had some fucked up things in my past, but I think for me, I was so focused on the surface of my issues rather than really going beneath it. So like I would easily get triggered in arguments and get really angry, but I would blame it on my boyfriend's behavior instead of like, well, what's rooted on that? Why do we feel this way? Eventually we got there, but like for the very beginning for her to be like, oh, I thought you were in high school as a 22 year old, you're like, what the fuck, bitch? No, I'm not in high school. I'm like, I'm a fucking adult. And it's so funny because like now being 28, when I hear a 21, 22 year old be like, I'm a grown woman. I'm like, bitch. No, (laughs) no, I'm pretty sure your parents still pay your phone bill. But we're not going to get into that. No, let me stop. Listen, I'm just being defensive. This is this is my issue. I get defensive. No, listen, I was just bothered by that. So right off the rip, I was completely thrown off. And my whole like behavior changed. And she kind of picked up on it. And we like moved on. And her approach was very like, she like would give me homework. And I think that part of her being a professor is what like kind of kicked in because she'd like give me worksheet, like she'd give me articles to read. She'd be like, when you go home, I want you to write 15 things of what bothers you the most. And I was like, okay, like, you know, it was like very like she would give me homework and it's like, bitch, I'm in college. Like, I don't want this homework, but I get it. It's part of the therapy process. It's part of the healing process. Right. So there were some homeworks that I would do. I remember she gave me one and it was like, I want you to write a timeline from when you were three years old all the way till now of all of the major turning events that you feel have scarred you from when you were a kid. And that was a homework, right? She was like, I want you to write a timeline from when you were three years old to now being 22 years old. And I want you to write every turning event in your life, whether it was traumatic, abusive, aggressive, Whatever trauma, traumatic event, write it down. Yeah. Uh, And that was the last time I saw her. Yeah, guys, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I was not ready for that kind of healing process. And so I never went back. And it's kind of sad because a year later when I was ready, so then at this point I'm 23, when I was ready, Um, she had left and nobody had her information. So I never got to see her again. And it's fine. It's fine. Um, but you know, it wasn't meant to be, I clearly wasn't in the right headspace at 22. I mean, who is at 22? Um, if you were great, um, but not every 22 year old has their head on right at that age. So yeah. So about a year later was when I started dating that guy that slashed my tires. Yeah, the alcoholic psychopath one. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I went back to therapy because of his stupid ass. So I started seeing this other therapist. And she was also pretty young. She was Latina. She was really cool. The only issue I kind of had with that is like she also... um, Counseled like... Or not counseled, but she also like tended to children. So she was both like an adult therapist, but also she did kids and she was just doing adults. So I was like probably one of the first, I'm sorry, one of the first patients of hers that was an adult. 
So her room, though, was like full of kid stuff. And in the beginning, I didn't care. But it's hard to talk about your sex life, the things that bother you, work, uh, a drunk, alcoholic, drug addict that you're dating at the, at the time, you know, while you have all of the characters from the movie Inside Out right next to you, boxes of Candyland, Uno, stuffed animals, all of the Disney characters up on a shelf with like a big ass poster of fucking the Disney castle, you know, like it was just very childish because she tended to children. And so it felt kind of distracting. Um, but unfortunately I ended up stopped seeing her because I didn't really feel like I was gaining anything out of it. And I stopped seeing her. So at the, this time I'm 23 and I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to go to therapy. I'm just going to give it a rest. And so I didn't go. And everything was fine after that. I mean, luckily, things, God was with me. I wasn't dating that guy anymore. He was officially removed out of my life. Thank Lord. Thank the Lord. Um, and I was kind of just by myself for a little while, for like a few months. I'd say almost like a whole year. I didn't really date anyone. Um, at this time, I was about to turn 24. And I started dating this guy. And I fell very hard in love with him and it didn't work out. And when it didn't work out, that's when things got really bad for me, like really bad guys. Now this is the part where I'm not going to get too much into, but when I tell you everything of me was triggered, everything, abandonment issues, insecurities, just assume the worst. Okay. All of it was triggered. And I went back to therapy and this time I ended up doing my research and I didn't just go to any therapist that they were willing to throw at me. Um, I did my research and I found one that was pretty nice. It was a woman and I liked her a lot and I saw her for about eight sessions. So probably in a span of a few months. And I remember in the very beginning, she was kind of like confused with me because she was like, what brings you to therapy? And I was like, I I was like, um, I'm going through a really bad breakup. And, you know, because I made it sound so simple, she was like, interesting, really just that. And then it was like, there was more to it, obviously. Anyway, now, seeing this therapist, I really liked her a lot. And, but after I had that breakup with that guy, I kind of lived my life a little more on the wild side. Not too wild, um, but I lived my life to pretty much tell stories. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, I went on a bunch of dates, I traveled everywhere. I even had a sugar daddy. That was fun. Um, I just did a lot of crazy things. And I would tell her these things. So it was almost like every session was like a brand new story. And I think the dynamic shifted a little bit because, and let me tell you something. I, I am not the most interesting person in the world. Yeah, I have stories to tell as we all do. Um, so it's not to say that she was in, like fascinated with me per se, 
But I noticed that when I would tell stories or when I would tell her about my sessions, it didn't feel like I was in therapy. It just felt like I was talking to a friend. So she would like listen with like full intent, but she wouldn't really have much to say afterwards, you know? And it got to the point where I would leave the sessions like, am I growing? Is there growth? Am I healing? And, you know, is something really like, what am I getting out of this now? Because if I'm just here to tell stories, I would rather do it at a bar with a girlfriend during happy hour, not in this cold ass room with a hundred clocks in this room. I swear to God, this girl, this bitch, she had like five clocks. She had like three clocks on the wall, two clocks on her desk, another clock facing me, another clock facing her. She had a watch, a phone with a timer, like there was clocks everywhere. So it's just, yeah, it was like also kind of distracting. So I stopped seeing her forever and I felt kind of bad because I ended up reaching out to her on like some random on like on a desperate low moment I had. I ended up calling her and she did an emergency uh, session with me over the phone and I will always be grateful for that. And she did text me like a few months afterwards, kind of checking in on me to see how I was doing and if I was ready to set up another session. Um, And I never got around to it. And I just, um, I stopped, I stopped and I didn't go back to therapy since. And then the last therapist I had, oh God, y'all are going to find this fucking funny. I did my research again. And this time my approach was, I want the most experienced person. I don't care if it's a man. I don't care if it's a woman. I just want them to be experienced. And so when I called, um, so my mom, she works for the state, right? And the same concept they have at Disney where like they offer sessions for family or like for family members, like if you work for the company, it's kind of the same when you work for the state. So I had told my mom, I was like, listen, at the time I didn't have health insurance just yet. And I was like, listen, mom, I need to, I really need to go back to therapy um, I'm not going, to, I'm not doing it through Disney. I'm not doing it through Baycare. I like, can I do it through like the way you have it with the state? She's like, absolutely. Here's the number, make a phone call. Um, just tell them my something, something number and they'll set you up with somebody in your area. Okay, great. So I did the phone call. I pretty much told them what I was interested in. They sent me a list of therapists that were in my like zip code radius and the therapist happened to be a man. And I had never seen a male therapist before. And I was open to it because I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe this is good. I have a new perspective on things. Totally fine. (laughs) I don't even know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it. Okay. All of the therapists I've seen have been women. And it's been pretty diverse in in a way. The female therapists I've seen have either been Hispanic Italian, white, Jewish, whatever. Okay. This man was a white man, a white old man. I didn't care. I'm not going to discriminate. I wanted somebody with the most experience, 100%. So I started seeing this guy, went to his office, old guy, and I start talking. And I was talking about the relationship I was in. And the situations that I was going through. And he like 
<laughs> he did this thing. He was like, okay, let me, okay, sorry. It's just because I'm like replaying it back in my head and I'm just like, what the fuck, bro? I can't. So I'm like venting to him, right? And he's like, he's like, you know, this guy you're dating, there's, there's a saying when I was young, it's when somebody shows you their true colors, you believe them, believe them. And my response was like, yeah, absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like when somebody shows you their true colors, you got to believe them because that's their true, that's their true self. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I continue and I'm talking and I'm talking and I'm talking and he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's like, that's how I grew up. What, you know, if somebody shows you their true colors, you believe them. And in my head, I'm like, yo, does this guy have Alzheimer's? Like, bro, we just discussed this. You just fucking said it. Stop recycling your words of wisdom to me. Like we got another 30 fucking minutes. Come up with a new thing for me. You know, I did not say that, but it was a little frustrating. I'm like, bro, are you here? Are you registering what I'm saying? Or am I not getting to the point? Like what, what, what's happening here? So whatever. The second session I had with him, I was like saying my boyfriend's name and something that kept bothering me was that he just kept mispronouncing his name. I didn't like that. You know, it's just like, if I corrected you the second time, why are you not like, it's just whatever. Anyway, moving on. So I was venting to him and he asks me a simple question, right? He asks me, he goes, you know, why do you, why do you stay with this person? Why not give yourself a chance to meet someone new? Like, why are you with this person? And I was honest. I was like, you know, I just feel like dating is really hard and I really don't want to have to go through all of that all over again. Um, and like, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I was like, you know, sometimes I feel like it's harder for me to date being Latina. And I know that might sound crazy to a lot of people, but it's the truth. I feel like it's harder for me to date being Latin for many reasons. Um, one of them being is just the stigma that we have about being crazy. We all like to laugh and joke about it. Um, but, you know, there are people out there that don't want to date you because they're afraid of the situation. And I remember and even after I said that, I brought up a story to him. Because he wasn't understanding. He was like, what do you mean? Give me an example. And I'm like, okay, I'll give you an example. And this is a true story, guys. This is a fucking true story. So if you weren't listening, pay attention to this at least. I remember being on Tinder a few years ago. And I ended up matching with this guy. And keep in mind, the time I had Tinder, I literally had it for three days. And I fucking deleted that shit. It's the worst dating app. I hate it. It's garbage. I hate it. If you found love there honey, you are one of the lucky ones because out there it's a fucking zoo. Okay. Um, fucking Muppets out there. Let me tell you anyway. So I matched with this guy. He was a professional, professional golfer. Um, good looking, not really like, I mean, I did find him attractive, but he wasn't like necessarily somebody I would typically go for because his, like he was very cute in the face. But then when I looked at his pictures, I was like, Hmm, his clothes are very tight. 
<laughs> but he was a golfer. You know, they wear khakis, they wear the polo shirts, the, the hat, whatever. Like, I'm like, okay, maybe that's just golf fashion. So we matched, we're talking and he's like, oh, you're very beautiful. Where are you from? And I'm like, oh, like me typing on the phone. I'm like, oh, I'm from New York. Like I was born in Brooklyn. Um, I'm from New York. I've lived in Florida for many years now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I meant like your ethnicity. Like where are you, like where are your parents from? What's, what's your ethnicity? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm half Puerto Rican, half Dominican. And he literally writes back and says, oh, I'm so sorry, but that's a deal breaker for me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I wrote back and I was like, are you joking? And he's like, no, I'm serious. He's like, I dated a Dominican Puerto Rican girl before and I had such a bad experience and I just promised myself I'll never go back there. So I'm really sorry, but that's a deal breaker. You're really pretty though. And like, I literally read the message and I didn't even know how to respond to that. Like I was just so fucking dumbfounded. And then like within minutes we unmatched and then that was the end of it. And I just, that like bothered me a lot. Like that happened years ago. And, and that was just a little example from, you know, saying in therapy, like, yeah, like this is an example for me. You know what this fucking stupid fucking therapist said to me? He went, oh, well, maybe that's because he smells your desperation. I'm sorry. Mr. White Man, what the fuck did you just say to me? My desperation? I literally matched with a fucking racist who stereotyped me and you think he rejected me because he could smell my fucking desperation through a Tinder app? Through four fucking sentences? Are you out of your mind? Bro, I was so fucking angry. Like I looked at him crazy and I was like desperate. I was like, how was that desperate? And then like, he like, he went on and was like, you know, sometimes we don't notice that, you know, approaching, you just got to focus on yourself. In my head, I checked out. I fucking checked out. I checked out mentally. Because if I would have told him, oh, it's hard for me to date because when I meet guys and I talk to them and I tell them what I want and I tell them I want to get married and I want to have kids and I ask them what their credit score is like and what kind of relationship they have with their mother and what their ex-girlfriend fucking looked like and what kind of engagement ring could they afford. If I had those conversations with a guy at the first date and then I question why they didn't fucking call me back and then the therapist tell, tells me, well, maybe it's because they smell your desperation. Well, then, yeah, maybe I could actually sit back and think, hmm, maybe you have a point. But if I'm telling you, I'm scared to date because I'm afraid of what that's going to be like for me because of being Latina. And then I share this experience with you by being rejected by my ethnicity. And your fucking response is that one, you don't understand me Two, you're not fucking listening. And three, you have no idea what it's like in 2021. You fucking 1930s bald fucking dude. I'm sorry to be angry. I clearly went to him for guidance, but like just having that kind of feedback from him was like, bro, no, like, no, like this is not it. This is not it. So I never went back. So yeah, guys, I'm not the fucking problem. <laughs> not the fucking problem. Listen, I have problems. We all have problems. I sound crazy over the fucking microphone. You guys are probably like, ooh, Nicole, girl, what's up? Do you need a Xanax? No, I don't. 
it's just, it's rough out here, you know, trying to find a good therapist that's going to give you the guidance that you need, you know? Um, but I'm not seeing a therapist right now. I do want to go back. Um, good news. I have health insurance. So this time I'm just going to have to really sit down with myself and know what I struggle with, what are the things I want to fix and finding a therapist that specializes in that. And I just need to find myself a therapist who is a woman, who is Latina, who is um, aware of millennial issues. And that's pretty much it. I just have to do my homework. And even if it means having to pay more money for a therapist instead of going through it through a nonprofit organization and or through the state that turns out to be free, looks like I'm just going to have to pay for those really expensive therapists that can actually help me, you know? But that's my experience with therapy. You know, it's definitely been a journey. Every single one of the therapists I've seen, I have taken something out of it. Even that guy. I did not like how my last session went with him and I completely shut down and checked out and left that place knowing I was never going back. Um, but he still had given me some good advice, even, uh, even after all of the stupid shit he said. Um, so that's, that's important too, you know, just knowing the good things to take out of it. And, and that's just it. Um, but if you are thinking about going to therapy and if you've had as many bad experiences as I've had, um, you know, just know that, yeah, finding a therapist is just as important and should be taken seriously and take your time, you know, like, Yes, my experiences with therapy haven't always been like right on the nail, but I always tried and I, you know, and I continue to seek help. And I think that's important for anyone. If you had a bad experience with a therapist, get a new one, find a new one. And if it gets hard, then take a break, find exercises, find hobbies, find things, have friends. You know, although I didn't necessarily have a therapist for too long, I clearly had them through seasons of my life. I still had friends to talk to. I still had my mom, my dad, my boyfriend, my best friends, my sister, you know, like I am a very open person. I mean, even having this podcast is therapeutic for me, you know, just knowing that me talking about this experience could potentially help somebody else makes me feel great. And I hope that makes you feel great too, you know, but yeah, if you have more questions about my experience or like, you're just like a little nosy, like, wait a second, but tell me more about that other person that you saw. What was it about them? What did they tell you? Girl, honey, sweetie, baby, just DM me. We'll talk. We'll talk. Hit me up. But, um, but yeah, that concludes the episode. And yeah, that's my experience with therapy. <laughs> well, I hope it helped. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. I love you. New episodes every Mondays. So stay tuned for that. And... Yeah, be safe out there, guys. Bye.